to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are currently in the midst of our Drawn In sermon series, where we are diving into how our creating God calls us to live creative lives with Him. To create is to assert ourselves into that which is risky, as God invites us to step into the unknown. Jesus tells this story about people who did different things with the talents given to them. What might you be willing or able to risk to use what God has given you to expand God's love, grace, and message to the world? In this message of the week from February 6th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares the parable of the three servants, what was bestowed upon them, and how we are called to take risks when God calls us to them. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Why don't you pray with me? Holy God, as we gather to hear your word this day, might you help prepare us by opening our ears that we might hear you more clearly, our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So today we are continuing our sermon series on being drawn into the creative life with God. Today I want to invite you to join me to thinking, uh, in thinking about that in some creative or outside-the-box sort of ways. Um, and I thought that I would preface that by saying that when I talk about being outside the box, I say that fully knowing how cozy and comfortable our little life boxes can be, can't they? I know the proverbial boxes that we live in, well, it suffice for me to say that as much as I love a good surprise, I also really appreciate any moment or circumstances like circumstances in life when I know exactly what to expect and how to prepare for something. Isn't that lovely? Sometimes, though, I think we can become so comfortable in the spaces that we know in life that we don't even realize how much our comfort and expectations or maybe even our fear of what lies outside of those comfort zones, we don't realize how much those have come to limit us and in turn to limit God. And so today's scripture reading is a story about that. It is a story that Jesus told, so a parable, in which Jesus talks about the investment of our time and our resources and how those connect to the importance of living beyond our fear. So I want to read this passage from us, beginning in Matthew chapter 25. I believe your bulletin says it starts in verse 24. Um, As with any bulletin, we thought we'd start week one off with a bit of an error. And so it's verse 1414, not 24. So we didn't have to worry about this when we didn't print them. Matthew 25, 14. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to them. To one, he gave five valuable coins, and to another, he gave two, and to another, he gave one. He gave to each servant according to that servant's ability. Then he left on his journey. 
After the man left, the servant who had five valuable coins took them and went to work doing business with them. He gained five more. In the same way, the one who had two valuable coins gained two more. But the servant who had received the one valuable coin dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins. He said, Master, you gave me five valuable coins. Look, I've gained five more. His master replied, Excellent, you are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. The second servant also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, you are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. And so I was afraid. I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here, you have what's yours. His master replied, You evil and lazy servant, you knew that I harvest grain where I haven't sown and that I gather crops where I haven't spread seed? In that case, you should have turned my money over to the bankers so that when I returned, you could give me what belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take from him the valuable coin and give it to the one who has ten coins. Those who have much will receive more, and they will have more than they need. But as for those who don't have much, even the little bit they have will be taken away from them. Here ends our reading. This is a story about a lot of things. And any pastor that I have ever known, or probably that you have ever known, could probably give you 10 very different sermons out of this text that I've read today. I promise, though, I'm just going to give you one today. But I invite you to take time in the week to think through, to pray about, to read through this story, because there's a lot that I think this could have to offer to us. Some of it isn't so easy. Today, as I hear these words and as I've prepared for today, I kept thinking about this story, though, and I kept thinking about the third man in this story. There are three different people in this passage who are given coins, and the first two took risks, and they did something with these coins that, well that ended up in them doubling what they had. And so when their master returned and they shared this, they were praised and celebrated for all they had done. Well done, good and faithful servants, he says. And then there's the third one. The third one that, if I'm honest, I resonate with a little bit. As he, did, as he buried his coin and took the safe route, we've all wanted to take the safe route before, right? But did you notice why he said he buried the coin? I was afraid, he said. 
In Matthew 25, 25, he tells us that he buried the coin because he was afraid. Now, he even gave a little context about what he was afraid about, about how his master was not exactly the most honest person, probably. And I think that fear is not misplaced. And yet, it wasn't just his fear that was a problem in this story. It's that he was afraid of what could come from this risk. He was afraid of what might come if he, well, he couldn't imagine. Maybe put that a different way. He couldn't imagine what else could be other than the risk. What if he took a risk and it didn't go how he hoped it would? Anybody ever resonated with that a little bit, right? It's nice to be safe sometimes. We know what to expect when we choose the safe route to be comfortable, to not let go of control and take a risk, but instead to prepare in ways that we know how to plan and prepare, just like I said, I love. And yet part of the lesson in this story is that just as the master wanted his servant to do something with what the servants had been given, Jesus teaches this parable because he wants us to know that in the same way, God wants us to do something with the gifts that we've been given. And it makes me wonder how we are using our gifts. How are we taking risks to be or create or serve in new ways? How are we pushing ourselves to be stronger, better, more faithful followers of Jesus? Now, I say this needing to acknowledge that gifts can be a trippy, tricky thing to talk about, right? Especially if we start to get specific about some of the gifts that we have. Because I don't know about you, but there have always been things that I am not very good at that I have envied about people around me. And in the same way, it is easier for me to see the gifts and the people around me than to acknowledge the gifts that I might have. One example that I use in my life about some of the things that, well, that I'm not particularly terrible at, but that I wish I was as good as the other people around me, right? I like to use singing as an example because I'm not particularly terrible at singing. I didn't say I'm great. I'm just not terrible, right? And the difference is I love to sing, and I have a decent voice. I tend to think that everyone can sing if you find the right song. But you know what I am terrible at? You do not want me as your song leader because I guarantee you, if not every time, maybe 90% of the time, I will start our song in the wrong key. And I love to follow along or to sing with Lucas or to follow along with a choir for that reason because you don't want me leading it. I know that's not where my gifts lie. And I think, wow, I wish I had that gift or that powerful voice. And so instead, though, I stay in my safe place, and I, I'm happy to let someone else lead and to match the key and to add to the chorus of voices that make a beautiful noise most of the time. Today, I will admit, was one of those days I was off key a lot, and that's totally fine. Because God doesn't say to make a beautiful, a beautiful noise. He says to make a joyful one, right? There are other things we feel this way about, though, aren't there? Maybe it's sports and physical abilities, Maybe there are finances and wishing that we had as much or even as much to start with as somebody else had. Maybe you wish 
you had the spiritual gift of faith that comes easily to you, or that you were a more naturally joyful and optimistic person. Whatever that thing is for you, the grass always seems to be greener on the other side, doesn't it? Especially once we start to compare. And yet, here in Scripture, we have a story that tells us that we're not all the same. That we are not only given different gifts in varying amounts, but that God sees that and calls it good. That is good the passage tells us. And those gifts are to be celebrated. Because with the different gifts that we have and the varying amounts that those gifts come in, what matters is not what we have, but what we choose to do with what we have. There are three people in this story who are given gifts. Some are given more than others, absolutely. And it seems unfair in life when that happens, doesn't it? Sometimes we can easily get caught up in that thinking as we think about how we wish things were more equal, how we want more of what others have. But as it tells us in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says, much will be demanded from everyone who has been given much. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be asked. The more we have, the more is expected of us. Which is to say that we should worry less about what others might have, and maybe not worry at all, but instead focus on what we have. Not in that fear-inducing sort of way that worrying about what we don't have can be troublesome or consuming, but in order to focus on what we do have and how to use that for good. It makes me wonder how many of us are using the gifts that we have well. Are we letting go of fear? to embrace and enhance and live into the gifts that we have been given? Are we living in generous or creative ways? Are we willing or able to think outside the box as we use all that we have been given in ways that will bless God and those around us? Are we willing to take risks to try new things? A couple of months ago, I read a story about an elephant of all the creatures in the world. The writer shared in a story that I don't know if it's true or not, but I like the message of it, so I'm going to share it anyway with that disclosure. But he shared about how he was in an elephant park and noticed something peculiar about some of the elephants, specifically that they were not in some giant enclosure and they weren't held down by chains or cages, but that there was a tiny measly little rope tied to one of the ankles held in the ground by a stake, and that seemed to be keeping the elephant within the realm they wanted it. Now, that doesn't make sense because clearly elephants are massive creatures who could probably break through with that from without any, well, with very little effort, right? And so he wondered why that tiny rope 
Why even bother, right? And so he found the closest trainer and he asked, well, why do these elephants just stand there and make no attempt to get away when clearly we know that they could? But the trainer replied and said that when the elephants were very young and much smaller, they used the same size rope to tie them down. And at that age, it was enough to hold them. And then as the elephants grew up, they were conditioned to believe that they couldn't break away. And so they come to believe that the rope, even still today, could still hold them. And so they never even try to break away. Even though the elephants could easily rip out the stake by simply lifting their foot, they think that it's impossible, and so they don't exert any effort, and they don't even try. I wonder how many of us have proverbial ropes that are holding us down in our lives. I wonder what might be holding us down or keeping us from taking risks. What's keeping us from living life fully as God intends for it to be? Do you believe what you have been conditioned to believe, staying comfortably in the box that you've always lived in, tired or afraid of trying new things because you once failed or fell short or struggled to do well what you've always felt called to do? Or do you believe in the power of the Almighty God who has called you, who equips you, and who longs for you to live more fully into the gifts, not that your neighbor has that we think are pretty neat, but the gifts that you uniquely have been given to share with the world. Friends, I believe that God has uniquely given each and every one of us our own gifts that look different from the people around us. And that God not only has given us these gifts, but God calls us to use gifts, to use these gifts to bless the community around us. And to use these gifts well, though, we know that sometimes it's going to require of us taking some risk, maybe venturing out trying new things, leading in new ways, offering ourselves to one another in ways that we think and are required to lead outside of the proverbial box. And when we do that, that, I believe, is when new God-sized possibilities come into vision. Possibilities that perhaps are better than any you or I could ever begin to imagine. Possibilities that we can only live into fully if first we are willing to take risks, to explore more fully how God might be wanting to use you next. How is God inviting you to take risks, to live boldly, and to embrace in order to share the gifts that you have been given, whether it is running a race, like Sandy said, or the gift of laughter that cannot help but to be contagious. Maybe we're called to give with our finances or to sing or play in our praise team. I hope those ideas are running through your mind of what your unique gifts are.
so that this day, this week, this faithful lifetime that we have been given, we might find ways to take risks, to live boldly, and to invest wisely so that together we can use these gifts to expand God's love and grace and hope to all the world. Let's pray. Generous God, thank you for the gifts that you pour into our lives, for the invitation to know that each and every one of us is uniquely and lovingly made in your image. Help us, O oh God, to embrace all the gifts that you pour into our lives and to be willing to faithfully take risks as we seek to share them with all we meet. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.